You are listening to New Moon Rising, a Vampire the Masquerade 20th Anniversary Edition actual play, brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to New Moon Rising, Episode 3. Our last session began inside the Metro, a club on the north side of Chicago. The scene opened with Audrey haggling over a t-shirt with a grisly old punk rocker at the merch table. For reasons that don't even seem clear to her, she steals the shirt and slinks away to the bathroom, where she finds a pair of teenagers doing their best to cope with a night of heavy partying. Though she manages to feed off of one of the girls while her friend pukes in the stall over, Audrey isn't able to find out much useful information about the missing kindred, Angel Grace. Outside the club, however, Phil is a little bit more successful with getting some information out of the still-sober group waiting in line. She learns that Angel was picked up by a group of undercover cops. There was something weird about these cops, the punks tell her. Something, mm, almost sexy? This gets Phil suspicious that this wasn't the work of the Chicago PD, but the Camarilla. She tells her right-hand woman, Clipper, to text Mama Polari and see if this causes any buzzers to go off. Meanwhile, back inside, Elliot uses his Tremere mojo to concoct a potion that will prevent the coterie from being staked by any camis lurking around. Unfortunately, it requires everyone taking a shot of liquor and puking it back up, but meh, what are you gonna do? Before she can participate in the ritual, Audrey finds herself hiding out in the bathroom again, only this time from a group of bouncers that were clued in on her earlier thievery. Turns out she's not as sneaky as she thought. Bill manages to get inside the women's room, give Audrey her shot of booze, and create a ruse with all the blood Audrey pukes up. This makes the bouncers think that she's been attacked, and wanting nothing to do with a bloody-faced weirdo in mom jeans, they hastily escort the entire coterie out of the club without calling the cops. Once back in the van, Clipper tells Phil that Mama Polari texted her back, finally, saying something about a scourge in Chicago and suggesting that the local leadership of the ministry might know more about these cops who snagged Angel. Audrey, a member of the Church of the Ministry in Gary, arranges an audience with the high priest, Marcel. And so, it's off to church we go. Well, creepy Sedite church, but church nonetheless. That's You're in the fine. van, getting so, ready to go to church, I think. Yeah, we need to go to church. Take me to church. Okay. You watch uh, Phil leave me hanging on a high five. But... <laughs> just, just like, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> All right, so we go to Gary, where the, the, I take him to the abandoned school. Yeah, sorry Can for I using magic to keep you from getting steak. You're such an asshole. That's not you why you're an asshole. Sure. When you described it, I imagined the creepy abandoned school from True Detective. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of like... Yeah, that's no. It's definitely not nice at all. Okay, Um, it is a it is a place that is physically, externally reflective of the soul of a vampire. (laughs) It is it is it is in disrepair. Um, It is uh, windows broken out. Um, uh, Where when you pull up, um, you can see like light sort of flickering um, from inside. Um, and where normally the sermons take place is in like the gymnasium area. Yeah. Um, but um, the property has basically been left to its own devices. 
Um, you do know that there are there are like retainers mm-hmm. um, that patrol the area to keep like prying eyes away. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not a lot of prying eyes to pry. Um, typically, so, you'd get like punk kids or like criminals that would come and like sort of accidentally wander onto this area. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this uh, this school um, is very much like that. So as we roll up, I'd like to do two things. Heightened senses. Mm-hmm. Do I need to roll anything? No. Okay. And I would like to send out my Malk Time Beacon to whoever the buzzing is that I know is here. Okay. Because I'm kind of curious. Like, I've been to church a couple times, and I keep recognizing this. Roll so. it again. Huh? Roll it again. What is it? It's, uh... Uh, it's, uh, awareness and, um... Is it M? Is it two, two it was, I think it was perception? Perception. I I'm, I'm, shouldn't tell, because I'm about to roll a lot. I need you to write it down for me. So. Oh, I think I did. Hang on. I think I did write it down. It's, yeah. uh... Because I don't have it memorized. Wits plus awareness. Yeah, there you go. Also and a difficulty of six. There you go. Wits plus awareness and a difficulty of six. One. I'm playing, two, uh... Three successes. Take Me to Church by Hozier as we're approaching. Mm. <laughs> this van full of bikers. Okay, so so how this works, just to articulate this a little bit better, mm. the message that you're trying to send, mm-hmm. uh, you actually have to like make a message, right? So it says the sender could write a message on the back of a receipt, mm. whisper something into a cell phone, or press their head against a TV screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Malkavians able to receive the message do, do so by encountering the same media. The receiver will uh, see it written on any receipt in their pocket, hear it over their cell phone line, or have a cable news pundit speak the message directly to them. That's kind of cool. The Malkavian keeps hearing the messages message repeatedly until they acknowledge it and take action towards it. That reminds so, me of the messengers and Hunter. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit different than than old school Malkavian madness network where you just sort of like attune yourself to kind of like the the frequencies. Right. So she will pull up a text message in her phone, not addressed to anyone, mm-hmm. and she'll send that. Okay. And she'll just send it. New Even though it's not addressed to anyone. Okay. New phone who does. <laughs> what kind of, you have you say you have like an old like Android phone? It's just like an a, it's like an inexpensive Android like a, phone. Yeah. Boost mobile? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Whatever like Where are you at? Where am I? Oh. Boost, the boost mobile yeah. thing. Oh. Yeah, oh. carry on. <laughs> I'm not good at this humor uh-huh. thing. Pop culture references. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Snarky retort. So I, I sent that text message, and I have heightened senses up as we roll up. Okay. That's all I'm doing. Okay. With your heightened senses, are you trying to, like, attune yourself to any particular thing? Are you trying to, like, are you trying to see something or hear something? or? I'm just trying to, like, tell if there's anybody around here. Like, I want to make sure that we can get safely inside to go see Marcel. I just want to see if there's anyone who's, like, ill-intentioned around who would, like, be pissed off that I'm bringing outside members from the church in. Okay, yeah. Um, you guys will pull up onto the property, um, and uh, shortly after you pull up onto the property, um, like an old uh, kind of beat-up security, um, like one of those like kind of looks like a police car security cars rolls up, um, and you'll see um, kind of like an overweight, middle-aged guy in a Securitas uniform, and he'll kind of like look your van over. And he'll kind of give you one of these, like, mm, okay, 
He'll give you, you know, the, the affirmative nod. Looks sketchy enough. And then, he'll, and then he'll skedaddle. He'll drive yeah. off. Okay. Um, right. Well, I'll just kind of look at everyone like, well, let's uh, go to church. Get out of the van and lead the way. I hit play on the song again. <laughs> All right. So um, everyone will uh, get out. Um, your uh, your friends, the other two Bruja, they'll mm-hmm. stay in the van. And yeah, like, we'll, we'll wait out here in case we get a phone call or something. Mm-hmm. We don't need to go in. Um, so turn the van off. The rest of you will will go in. Um, so again, um, sermon is usually held when it's held in the gymnasium. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll walk, uh, and uh, the you know it's got like the old like fire resistant double doors that you push open. Um, paint is peeling from the building, and um, the doors are are well rusted. Um, but you'll push them, and they open perfectly fine. Um, when you kind of cross the threshold into the gymnasium, um, you can see like the um, uh, all the bleachers were like pulled out, mm-hmm. um, and and like usually sermon is probably held down below, but the floor, like the basketball court, you know, the floor is buckled um, and like dirt and sort of like grass and like any other kind of like garbage. Is kind of like accumulated on the floor, all over the walls, everywhere. There's symbolism, some meaningfully occult, some you recognize as perhaps ritualistic in some way. It is it is lit with candles and no electricity in here, lanterns and and things of that nature. It's definitely like this is a place of this is like if mortals walked in here, they'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> like to the untrained eye, your eye. Being a Tremere is trained. Mm-hmm. So you can see this. It's not like somebody is like practicing a satanic ritual, but it's very much like legitimately a cult. Mm-hmm. And there is definitely the feel of sort of being in, a, in almost like a womb when you walk in here. There are, are smells, and the smells are like rich, but they're not indigenous to the areas. Incenses that are burning. And as you walk in, you'll actually just see Marcel. Marcel is, he's swarthy. He is wearing robes like dark in color but striped no like no symbolism or anything on them definitely they they probably have a religious meaning to him you're not certain like what religion any of these individuals follow it doesn't even necessarily seem like they are and from what you know about the followers of set um at least those that are part of the ministry they they espouse almost like a like a satanism belief like satan's not real but he is because he's in you, mm-hmm. right? Like almost like a humanism, but for vampires. He'll see all of you walk in and he'll set down. He's carrying like a little torch and he'll set that down and he'll walk over. Master uh, Marcel, thanks for meeting with us. Sorry for being so scattered on the phone earlier, but um, we uh, encountered a little bit of a situation in the city and I brought my friends to see if we could figure things out. We heard through the grapevine that. You knew something about a scourge? Yes. Introduce me to your friends. We've never formally met. Of course. Um, this is uh, Phil. Uh, she's a fan Bruja and a very well-known anarch. Um, and I, I hang out at her place a lot when I'm not here working. I know you by reputation, but this is the first we've met. He'll this extend his hand to shake it. I will myself. dig it, and I'm glad to meet you. I know you by reputation as well. Not Melly it. He'll shake your hand. Yeah. Dainty but strong. <laughs> and that's Elliot. Well, come with me. We'll sit down and speak. 
Uh, he'll turn and he'll walk through the gymnasium. And again, the impression that you get is very much like almost no remnant of the school remains. Like, the skeleton is there, but the walls are adorned with, you know, decorative markings, the, um, you know, perhaps like symbols scrawled in blood or paint of uh, different colors. You'll see symbolism that reminds you of like Middle Eastern languages. You'll, you basically, it's, it's kind of like, magic. right, it's it, like everything here is kind of just like, it's hard to even keep track of. It's like everybody's come and just thrown their influences everywhere. Yeah. It, it's 100% chaos magic. He will walk um, down a hallway and through uh, um, a wooden door with like the glass and like the chicken wire into what you would assume at one time must have been like the gym teacher's office, right? Like the head coach of the of the PE would be his office. And it's actually pretty well lit in here, but it's all like natural lighting. There's no electricity in here at all. You will hear sort of like um, for your Malkavian you'll hear sort of like a steady thrumming, like a like music that you you can't quite tune in. Somewhere, somewhere deeper in this building, but you're not quite sure where. Mm. You'll, you'll pass, you'll get to this office and he'll open the door and he'll let you in. Um, he'll sit at the desk. This particular office um, is a little bit well-managed and, and like way less like a spattering of like symbols and occult esoteric stuff. It's kind of just an office that's been cleaned out. Um, and he'll sit at the desk and he'll have you all sit. There's chairs for everybody. Uh, is there any way that I can sense if there are magical energies running through? Uh, I can give you um, a perception plus awareness. Sure. Um, at a difficulty of five. Two successes. Um, with two successes, um, you can definitely get the sensation that there are, um, with with everything going on here, there's definitely some sort of, like, actual magic or, m- more, more appropriately, blood magic okay. weaved into this building, weaved into all of the things that you see. It is definitely one part belief, one part legitimate ritual. Gotcha. Um, what you can tell is... There's no, like, there's not necessarily, like, any words or any words that would affect you. Um, because you know, just based on your own knowledge, your level of occult, you would feel something. Yeah. You, like, it would push you or resist you. So those words being here, they're not present in this area. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, they they wish to be open and inviting to mm-hmm. uh, to any type of kindred, so... Um, but yeah, there there definitely does seem to be some sort of blood magic or ritualistic magic. Cool. Yeah, I was curious if they were actually active or if someone just decided to paint some shit on the wall. No, no, you you definitely get the impression that um, there, there's some blood magic here. Sweet. Yeah, and probably some shit you're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Something probably a little bit beyond your scope, but you're you're educated and knowledgeable enough to recognize it. Gotcha. Um, so he'll sit down. So um, I got a phone call from. Mama Polari. And uh, apparently all of you had been communicating with her as well about uh, some missing friends of hers and apparently of yours as well. Mm-hmm. So, you've heard of uh, of this, uh, this scourge. I I was uh, on Elysium when the prince declared that he was reinstating this position, but I'm I'm not permitted to 
communicate with their prince. I, as a former follower of Set, I'm permitted certain degrees of independence based on prior relationships, but my clan has found itself firmly in the Anarch camp. So, sometimes I'm permitted to attend, but I do so at my own peril. I have business dealings with the prince from before he was prince, but politics has changed everything. So, I cannot air my grievances. I've had at least three members of of my church disappear in the last six months, and I'm fairly certain it has to do with the scourge. She haunts the south side. All I know is apparently there is a hospital he uses as his hunting grounds. I do not know who I'm looking for or what he looks like, but my spies have told me this hospital is a place that he utilizes. So you were where we were on, um, or the Mama Pilari's um, gangmate was, was on the north side. I was not aware of her particular issue until she called me, but... I know I'm smart enough to put two and two together. And the scourge is usually something terrible, and something terrible that's been in in the city for a long time. And I can't say for sure who it is, but I know of one such individual. His, his, uh, he goes by the name Rustin. When she called me and said that her, her associate, her friend, as she called it uh, a member of her flock... Her pet, uh, whatever she called it, this yeah. angel. When she went missing, all I could think was this marauder on the south side must be expanding. It is likely that um, my gangmate uh, Shorty um, was taken during the day by humans or ghouls, um, <laughs> pretending to be, or maybe they are um, police. Well. You know, the the old sheriff used to have, uh, in his, he used to have uh, police that worked for him. You mean Malcolm? No, no, the old sheriff. The old sheriff. Yes. No, the, the worst one, Balthazar. Mm-hmm. You never got to meet Balthazar, did you? I don't believe that I ever met Balthazar. He had a particular distaste for anarchs. He, he made it a point to hunt them down. And caused them damage, and that may have been his undoing. But he had a group of police officers, actual police officers, that were enthralled to him. Mm. Maybe the scourge, or maybe this Malcolm, the new sheriff. Maybe he has something similar. How did? I don't know that I remember how Balthazar ended. I don't actually have that information. Do you know that he did? When they make a new sheriff, and the old one ceases to. Uh, attend Elysium or be of a concern, yes. Uh, the rumors that I've heard is that he died under mysterious circumstances, that the Camarilla had some issue back in October, around the time that our new prince took mm. position. So, likely, if I were to make guesses or assumptions, uh, I would guess that Kevin Jackson killed off the old sheriff when he took power. It seems likely that in order to solidify Bruja support and get rid of Tyler 
probably had to get rid of a couple of other Bruja as well. I wouldn't suspect Balthazar would have anything to do with the Anarch population in a positive light, and since none of you have seen him and I haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. So Bal- Balthazar was Bruja? Balthazar was a loudmouth. He fancied cowboy boots and hats, and he, he used intimidation and uh, violence to do his job. So that's not the type that goes away quietly. No, but he's a bruja. He was. Out of character clarification. Um, So it was in 2012 Mm -hmm. when the cam said, Anarchs, get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. And the bruja, as a clan in general, said, we're happy to get the fuck out. Yeah. Um, I don't know which came first on that, the chicken or the egg. Yeah, okay. But yeah, 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 basically, a couple of very important venture died, and the the camera was like, all right, peace out. And then so then Tyler and this Balthazar were Bruja who continued to be camp yeah, for yeah. some time until this uh, Kevin Jackson took. Yeah, practice. so so um, the story that you know of it as an outsider is uh-huh. essentially um, the the Anarch population of Chicago was like Bruja and Anarch were kind of always synonymous. Uh-huh. And for many years the the Anarch population sort of fought against the establishment, but they did so sort of under the umbrella of, right. you know, technically, Anarchs were a subsect. Right. Um, when the whole split happened, mm-hmm. those that still had interests within the Camarilla, especially in Chicago, they stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year, 2018, mm-hmm. the Venture sort of, uh, for years, basically, the city didn't have a prince. Yeah. So the Venture sort of solidified power. And when they solidified power, they basically said, those that are here are permitted to stay, but those that are Anarchs that are not going to, like, essentially bend knee to mm-hmm. venture rule to Kevin Jackson. And that's when Tyler basically left. Supposedly the night that that Kevin Jackson um, seized Praxis, mm-hmm. his first act as prince was to blood hunt Tyler. Okay. And... Um, the Bruja population of the city, some left with her, some stayed. So there was a dividing line. Okay. So basically, you are split like between sort of an elder populace that mm-hmm. must still have influence within the Camarilla mm-hmm. and those that went to Gary. And those that went to Gary are like the Nihilist Gang, mm-hmm. um, Mama Polari and her crew, and some other ones that like are scattered around the suburbs. Right. And there hasn't been... At, up to this point, there hasn't been like an active war against mm-hmm. them, but when I mean, you can see the writing on the wall, right. eventually that's going to happen. Okay. And then from our perspective, or I guess clarifying my own like in character history. So, if I'm about ten years old as a vampire, mm-hmm. then and I'm an anarch, the assumption would be that I was embraced anarch. Um, it's the assumption is mostly for you to consider in your background. Okay. Um, at this point, I think it would be safe to say that as an anarch, you probably were embraced that way. Because it was only like two years before, right? And I think if I, because the problem is we, I did all these things on the fly and thought of things, but based on the flaws I took, I think yeah, I would have been a couple years old when that split happened. Yeah, but I was an anarch at the time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, yeah, I just need and, to and, like rehash that in my brain. And to to like kind of solidify that, you've kind of made a reputation as being like very pro anarch movement, mm-hmm. and it's attracted attention like 
even though it's kind of like a small community within Chicago, you've kind of rose to prominence because something that you've done or said at some point really kind of, um, like, it really embodies what the Anarchs believe. And so that's kind of, like, helped to create a bit of that reputation with Bell. Mm-hmm. Um most likely at some point you share lineage. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I think that I took that up to mm-hmm. sharing lineage with him. Yeah. Um, okay. That was, I just needed to like kind of re-clarify that in my brain so I understood from an out of, or like an in-character perspective where I was coming from out of mm-hmm. character. Um, okay. Sorry. We were mm-hmm. talking about Valzar mm-hmm. and then I needed a clarification. Okay. Hospital. Mm-hmm. Well, so you, go ahead. You made mention that you think that there is an entity within Chicago who would fit the criteria needed to be a scourge. Mm-hmm. Rustin. Call him Rustin? Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with who that is. Are you mm, not too being? many would be. Rustin, if I, I don't I don't know what Rustin is. Um, but apparently he was someone who was blood hunted many years ago and came to Chicago and was in the employ of Kevin Jackson. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with Kevin Jackson or his dealings, but from what I understand, Rustin has a similar... His expertise is very similar to, to hers, in that uh, he makes mistakes go away, and that is what he did. Well, the rumor I hear is that Rustin likes to eat his victims, and I don't mean how we, in a very romantic way, might coax the vitae from our victims, I mean, eats them, tooth and bone. There are those out there that that need that sort of sustenance. If this Rustin is real and he's responsible for making members of of my diocese disappear, he needs to go away. But I am but one priest. Would I know of any kind of creatures that match Rustin's description? I could roll your intelligence plus your occult... Oh, hey. That's like if you thing. have a specialty in in like vampire lore, kindred lore, um, you that that would be apply. Uh, I do not think I have any specializations. Okay, um, since you do not, this difficulty is fairly high. We'll call it an eight. Okay. It's a very obscure bloodline. Difficulty eight, fucking one. Uh, I got zero because I rolled a one. <laughs> the only thing that you could think of that is like sort of supernaturally cannibalistic is like the Wendigo, like the spirit that, that comes and cannibalizes in the winter. Mm. Um, but you don't know how that would apply. Could be werewolf. That would make sense. Yeah. You've heard you've heard werewolves are real. Yeah, but I don't think we get they get those in the cam. Mm-hmm. But. He never said it was a like a Camarilla, mm-hmm. like anything. He just said that this Kevin Jackson. He said that it was blood hunted, yes. and that Kevin Jackson took it to clean up his shit. So could could be, yeah. If it's blood but hunted. you don't know because you failed. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's blood hunted. I don't know. Could I have? Could I have heard of it? I have a problem. You can try. Anybody can try. What a what's the goal? Well, you can try if you have it. Um, it's uh, it's intelligence plus a cult. Uh, difficulty of eight. In tabletop, do you uh, automatically get specializations? In certain ones, certain ones, yeah. So um, you'll wanna you'll wanna look through, um, especially like in like I think academics, you have to pick one. Um, there's some of them. Look through your abilities when you get the chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just couldn't remember. 
successes? Yes. Um, I mean, I know what it is. But do you? Rachel. Knows. Yeah, what Chris knows what it is, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you've heard, like, that there was, a, like, a like a bloodline that called, like, the Nagaraja that were cannibalistic, but you've never met one, never seen one. You don't know what they look like. Also, I know Chris is dumb, and there could be other ones. Shark teeth vampires, that's, like, not... That's, like, yeah, you heard about that, actually. Yeah, Yeah, but... So, I'll I'll just mention to the group, well, there are... I've heard of those, yeah. Like, after he says there are those... I've heard of those, yeah, like... I, I once... I never seen one, but, like... You know how, like, a gangrel can, like, somehow sometimes take on, like, an animal? Like, they look like animals, kind of? Well, there's, like, this other lion called Nagaraja, and they kind of have, like, teeth that aren't, like, humans anymore, but they're, like, almost like a like a barracuda or a shark or something, and I heard once that they have to eat flesh. Just, like, why is she so insightful? Uh, she's a milky again. Um... You had you had meant so it appears that whether this scourge is involved and if the scourge is rested rest in or not that mm-hmm. there are mortal or ghoul, uh, she'd say cops, cops um, involved in some fashion. Um, and then you mentioned that the Balthazar had mm-hmm. a group yeah. um, that were bound to him. Yes, is there anyone um, that we could? That is still available that we could talk to, who would have more information on who those individuals were, assuming this is the same group of cops <clears throat> just handed around to a new master. I do not know. Um, my my interactions with your clan and the political factions of Chicago are minimal. Maybe some of the old anarchs would be able to give you a description. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe. They call themselves the nihilists. Maybe some of them, I, I know that they've been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Juggler. I know he's been in the city for a very yeah. long time. And he's had plenty of interactions with Balthazar in his day. He might be able to give you a description. But whatever you do is your choice. But if this, you called it the Nagaraja, if this vampire is real. I want him brought to me. And I'd be willing to pay. I don't know how much money appeals to you, but there are other things we can give besides money and things of that nature. Do you feel like compensation is is needed or warranted that time, but this individual is clearly affecting all of the anarch movement? Will will be affecting the anarch movement? I'll pay you to bring him back to me. I mean, payments Unders- took, certainly understood. necessary if we're going to poke a beehive. Mm-hmm. Said, better get paid if we're going to be poking a beehive. Take out someone that's on staff with the cam, and that's going to paint a big old target right on all our foreheads. Which is why I offer you compensation. Yeah, which we will happily we take. Need compensation to support the cause. The the no, issue. The, put a target on my face. The issue needs to be solved for sure, and we're not capable of actually solving it. But we'll, we'll pay. To have him brought, and we can talk about that later. We have we have much to give. Um, okay. You said he was at a hospital, an abandoned hospital. The last that I heard, my information stated that um, 
an abandoned hospital called Edgewater was a place where he was held up. Edgewater? Edgewater Hospital. Well, I'm certainly not going to go do anything on my own. Uh, I have a one dot in hand. Anarch info exchange. Mm-hmm. What does that get? It gets you info that you exchange for <laughs> um, other things. Thank you. <coughs> Is that what that means? Yes. Yes. It means I gotta go grab the book so I can read it. <laughs> I just like wasn't sure if that would be a useful thing to use right, right now. Could be. <laughs> Certainly could be. Okay. Like you guys didn't even label what day it is. What is happening in his notes? <laughs> you want to see my notes? This Anarch Gang thing needs to actually go up here. Like, these people should have been on here. I need a new sheet of paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, why, that's why I use the OneNote. Okay. <laughs> the OneNote, I can kind of, like, organize it the way yeah. I want. We were discussing, like, I, ha- I have no, like, dice. Like, um, what's the word you Superstition. use? Superstition. Superstition. Like, I'll, I don't mm-hmm. care. Like, people can use whatever. But, like... Don't talk and touch my notes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I wrote in a little margin. You're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the way an Alcavian talks is Al. I know. Oh, is that who I saw? <laughs> okay. Uh, Anarch Information Network. Uh, can I, like, see if I can get hold of Tyler? Is that too big? You could see, uh, like, a way to get a message to her. Yeah. Are, are we still with the... Yeah, we're, okay. we're literally standing in a okay. time stop. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if we're done, like, but not right, like, in this instance, but, like, in general, this yeah. is a thing I want to do. Yeah. I'm going to get you your information. Okay. And, okay, each dot of this background allows you to ask a single question once per game session. The storyteller determines what amount and quality of information the exchange can offer at a given time. In some cases, the kindred who make up the information exchange may not possess a given bit of information or may not know it immediately. For example, the exchange might not know about a prince of a domain, a number of rumors about her past, and even how to contact her, but it's unlikely to have a detailed schematic of her haven. Um, so, your question depends on what you want to ask. My question is, Is how can I get in contact with Tyler? Uh, there is a security door on the southeast side of the airport. There are no lights in front of this door, if you knock three times, someone who can get you to Tyler will answer. Good to know. It is uh, it is marked by a discreet red S. Okay. These are my game notes. <laughs> Does that have an aneurysm? I'm a Malkavian. As long as you're keeping them organized. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a stream of conscience on a piece of paper right there. Basically. Hey, she's the one who's got to keep words. it up. Yes, she has important words. Uh, this whole time, uh, as opposed to engaging in this conversation, I'm just looking around and just taking the situation, looking out into the hallway a little bit, just kind of see some of the scrawlings on the wall, because this is what I'm interested in. So I'll look at um, Bill, and I'll be like, well, I'll do whatever you think is best, but uh, I'm certainly not going to go to this hospital. Well, we need to know where. Let's um, not take any more of Marcel's time. We can. Thank you, Mr. Marcel. Uh, she'll just kind of like walk backwards. Uh, he'll extend his hand to you, mm. and he'll, he'll he'll like he'll take it like a, in a more fatherly way, mm-hmm. and he'll kind of give you the little head to the hand thing mm-hmm. for your blessings. Um, I'll do 
what I can to see if I can find this Rustin. And when you're feeling like it's time, talk to me. Yeah, I will. Might not want money payment. There might be something else the ministry can do. He'll put his hand on your shoulder. We'll talk about those things when the time comes, when it matters. Until then, your friends need you. Do you need anything? No. I I don't know what I need. I don't think I need anything right now. When I know what I need... I'll know where I can come to. And we will talk on that when the time is right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, he'll he'll walk all of you out. Um, you know, there, there's not really any conversation to be had. It's kind of like business was handled. Um, <clears throat> there's one thing as they're walking out, like just as they get to like, the door, mm-hmm. she'll look at him like in a very like meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Like she's trying to communicate. When she says this, she's assuming that you know what she's talking about. She'll look at you and be like, who else is here? There's a lost one we have found recently, and he's working to find his way. He goes by the name of Jason. But that is all we know of him. Could I talk to Jason someday? When he is ready to speak. Yeah, he won't talk to me. He will talk to no one. For now, all he does is write. He writes? He does. Okay. Thank you. And he'll uh, let you exit stage right. Okay, so we go back to the van? Yeah. Okay. yeah. They're so, sitting in the driver and the passenger seat, respectively. So we climb back into the van. <coughs> mm-hmm. um, and then, um, so Phil would be the last in. And then, I mean, if you want me to make a roll for this, I will. Um, but I don't know how long... We've all been, like, together Mm -hmm. um, as this, like, I guess, do we use the word coterie? You can. um, It it, it doesn't matter. You could could use the term coterie. You could use the term collective. You Uh could use the term gang. Okay. Um, You could just use the term, like, these are my buddies. So So whatever you want to call it. So from the perspective of, like, anarchy, because I don't, like, do tons of anarchy on like, what's the difference between, like, coterie versus gang? So typically, um, your your gangs are like um, they very are, are very much similar to like your mortal gangs, right? Right. They're like um, they're they're they all represent the same ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, typically they'll they'll wear the same colors. So mm-hmm. like basically, you have like a gang mm-hmm. and a, like a peripheral coterie. coterie. Okay. So um, they're they're more like coterie at this right. point. They they would okay. be like they would almost be considered like um, associates of your gang. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're. They they sort of dwell like like almost like as prospects mm-hmm. to your gang. So like when okay. they decide they want to put on the vest and mm-hmm. do the and whole join. thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but until then, they're basically just like you you huddle together for survival purposes. Right. Okay. Um. So she has um a level of um anger mm-hmm. and just like a righteous kind of anger as she fucking slams the door with maybe like half her potence. Right? Like, slams it. Um, and she looks right at you and says, this is not a coterie of convenience. If you don't support the movement and you feel the need to be paid to protect people who protect you, you can find other people to hunt with. We're not talking about something that is for funsies 
or that the ministry hired us to do. Shorty is missing. Potentially gone, potentially consumed by some creature. Other members of the movement have potentially suffered the same fate. It's fine that the ministry wants this individual and is going to pay us to not kill him on sight. But if you are not here to do this, go elsewhere. We're going on a lot of assumptions. You specifically said that if a target is going to be painted on your head, you need to be paid for it. I would certainly like to be paid for it. That is not what you said. Going in to get Shorty and these other people, we don't know that they're dead and consumed, is perfectly fine. I don't care to get paid. I don't care to get paid to go get them back. Because if these assholes have them, that's fine. We could just walk in, grab them, get out. But if it's a specific hit on a member of the Camarilla hierarchy, that's going to put all of us in danger, more so than we are now, just because some boogeyman's chasing some thin bloods. Yeah, I'd like to get paid if I'm going to actively go and poke a hornet's nest. That doesn't change what I just said. The movement is poking the the hornet's nest. Well, it seems like, you know, Church of Zealots is asking us to go put a hit out on somebody. We aren't zealots. Seem Seem pretty zealous in there. Um, Clipper will turn around. Um, Look, uh, I know how this can unfold, but, like, I just need to be perfectly honest with you. Like, it's not just, I don't know what your conversation was in there. I don't know what you asked for or what you said, but, like, my brother is missing. Yeah, let's go get him. And if if you're with us to go get him, that's fine. That's what I'm here for. But... Like, us sitting here night after night and not going and, like, putting boots to asses in Chicago, like, that kind of makes us weak. So, like, I get what you say. Like, you want to get paid, but, like, you need to be down. If we're going to roll with you, you need to be down. Paid or not paid. I'm down to go get shit. If I'm going to put a hit on somebody from someone who is not in the Anarch movement. So your issue is... Kill, not necessarily retrieve. What do you think would happen? Let, let's say that the ministry had not asked us to return this individual to them. What do you think would have happened when we went to this hospital? We scope it out, see if our people are there. If they're not, we fucking leave. Right? And if they are? Then we get them out. And kill the motherfucker who took them. See, that seems like an extra step that's unnecessary. So you would be fine with other members of the movement being abducted the next night when whoever this individual is goes out and does whatever they want to do the next. Then we collaborate. If this dude's a scourge, what makes you think some of us puny-ass people in a riggedy van are going to take down this big, badass scourge? I didn't say we're doing it by ourselves. Yeah, so it's a movement thing. Yes. Right. That you may or may not get paid for, and participation paints a target on you. So you're either down for that or you're not. I'm down. If the Anarch movement decides they're going to go do this thing, that's fine. But if we're going to get a hit put on somebody by someone not with us, they better be paying us. I'm explaining to you that I don't care what the ministry pays us for or not. If they weren't paying us or offering to pay us... Then we go get our people. And kill the motherfucker who hurt them. Okay. 
I'm also just saying I made sure he was clear that I expect payment from him. Yeah? I think your point is, like, you don't want to get a reputation as someone who is a mercenary. For people outside the movement? Certainly am. I mean, they're just as much part of the movement as we are. Unless they say they're in the movement, they're not in the movement, right? No, I'm talking about those fucking creeps inside there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, they're here. They let you in their doors, so... That's pretty much everybody in, though, right? That's kind of their thing. Okay, yeah, it's shaky ground. All right, my dog's out of the fight. I just want to. I just want to make it clear, and Oso will 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 speak up. I'm not the shit kicker you all are. That's not my role in all this. You guys say I need you to help me with a thing. I'm fucking down. That creepy ass motherfucker in there says you're gonna go. Do, I want you to do this thing. He wants him back alive. Yeah, that's fine. That he's telling us to kick a hornet's nest, and I want him to pay us for that trouble, even if we were going to do it anyway. I mean, if you need money, you know it's going to work for me. Yeah, I don't really do anything. Yeah. I just buy new stuff or just borrow it off people. I don't... I, I don't think you guys should be paying right now. This isn't a fight. This is a... People are raising their voices! Yeah. We're in a van full of bruja. That'll happen. This is... Clarification of expectations. Yeah, so I think you made your point. Did I? I understood it. I don't know if he understood it. Sometimes you're more clairvoyant than he is. Let me break it down for you. You're a greedy little bitch. She doesn't like... That's accurate, yeah. So, like, maybe just, like, less overtly be a greedy little bitch... See, I could be a greedy little bitch, or I could be a greedy, smarmy little bitch, and I would rather just cut out that whole smarmy part. You know exactly what I'm here for. Here to back you all up when you need me to. Yeah. Anybody outside of us, and, you know, the whole movement, that needs some shit done, if it aligns with us anyway, they should still pay us for that. Well, I don't think that necessarily the ministry is outside of the movement. Well, and, and to be fair, you know that um, I, they're not here tonight, but you, a, member of, a member of your coterie um, is like um, a former Sabbat member who also belongs to the, that, to, to the ministry. Um, so, uh, and he and the Ventru member of your coterie, they took a trip to Madison to drop off guns because they're not here and I sure. have to make it up on the fly. Um, so, um, so, you know, like perhaps that particular individual, uh, Marcel, is sort of like borderline independent into Anarch, but that's only because of past relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, they are definitely Anarch, but not in the way you are, right? Like you, you're rebelling from a parent clan. You're like shackles mm-hmm. off. I'm fucking free. Ain't no pyramid holding me down. And they're like, we practice a belief system. And people oppress us. Right. So they're right. They're 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 anarchs of a different fashion. Just they don't they don't seem to have as much to prove. And honestly, you just don't you just don't know them. You don't fucking know shit Mm -hmm. about the ministry. And honestly, until now, you didn't really think to give a shit to ask until maybe like there was like some blood magic going on. Mm -hmm. And so now it's kind of like you're not wrong. Mm -hmm. 
your your opinion about them is true because you're like fuck you it's your problem people are missing from your club I gotta bring him back alive yeah you better pay me for that so I definitely agree with what you're saying but she's like like what like no oh, yeah. she, she's using <laughs> oh, no. different this, Chris understands where all this is coming from <laughs> Ellie you'll get what you deserve you'll get paid and I and Phil she you will also be satisfied so don't everybody just get chill with it I don't know well spoken. Pull my phone out. Uh, real time? In game. Um, in game, it's uh, probably about like twelve thirty. I hit play. Take me to church. Starts playing again. Just like roll her eyes. I think that your obnoxious fuck routine is a routine. I hope that it's a routine. It would probably benefit you to convince me that it's not, and let everyone else know that it is. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Where, uh, where are we going, boss lady? Oso will say to go repair a fucking van door. Yeah. <laughs> are, are we going back to the shop then? Unless, unless we're going somewhere else. So right now, the information that we have is that maybe Juggler has information that we could use. Maybe the Nihilus, which is Jermaine's gang. Um, and... Um... And I don't know that you know how to get a hold of Tyler. So, um, so I mean, yeah, let's, let's go back to the clubhouse and see if we can't figure out where Juggler is. And maybe he can give us some information about these mortals. Okay. We'll cruise back to the shop. Um, you know, it's about a half an hour drive. Um, fairly... Also, sorry about the door. fucking paid for it. <laughs> He'll, he'll continue to drive. Um, you'll get back. It's, you know, it's a quiet, you know, the, 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 the tension was palpable. So the drive home is like, <laughs> it's like, it's like when mom and dad fought and then like they kind of made up. Like, so it's just like a really quiet, uncomfortable drive. Um, so you'll, you'll all arrive back to the clubhouse. Clubhouse is fairly quiet. Nothing particular interest, particularly interesting going on. I'm vague booking about this whole thing. Sometimes the residents are really horrible, and then when I use them to make my own, I have to fix them. Well, I'll, I'll tell you guys, uh, um, it's 10 after 12, mm-hmm. give or take. Um, about four hours of gameplay. Um, I don't know what everybody's plans are, but it's a good point to stop if you guys want, and we'll pick it up next game, hopefully with a full coterie. Hopefully your, your other coterie mates will have arrived back from Madison. It's also really funny you met you brought up Piercy's character because I have already established that his character and mine are not going to get along. Because <laughs> he keeps going, oh, I got this thing that'll bring us all together really close. He's like, I know what the fucking the Valdery is. No, it's a blood bond. No, but it's really not. Do you drink each other's blood grow closer? Yep, blood bond. Not doing it. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, we will be as one in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, one of those, that's one of those hard sells for the Anna. <laughs> You know, it's true, like, um, you know, it's like the more moderate um, or liberal Sabbat members defect mm-hmm. um, to avoid being murdered by whatever the fuck's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, they do bring, like, these rituals, and these rituals are, like, potentially a great boon for anarchs. But, like, that's a hard sell. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to drink your blood, but you're going to drink my blood? 
I feel like I'm getting the short end of the stick. Right. I'm a Tremere. Yeah. I'm like, also, Bloodbond, fuck that. that. Right. I don't know <laughs> shit about whatever this alleged rich... Sure, it's going both ways. Like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, mm. All right, so um, let's let's give out some XPs. I didn't plan it. Like Pluto. Didn't plan it. didn't plan it either. <laughs> My uh, astronomy teacher was very adamant that Pluto was a planet. He was like rant on it anytime it came up. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, technically, it's not a planet because it didn't clear its debris field. Right. Yeah. I don't know nothing about no damn debris. Debris. Debris field, yeah. Mm-hmm, I liked it. On Facebook. I need to completely redo all my notes. I need a... I need a drone. A drone? With like a GoPro on it. If they don't already come with it. They don't all come with cameras Drones? attached. I, yeah. I don't know if they all do or not. No, I need yeah. one that comes with a camera what attached. Like, why wouldn't they? Like, yeah, like, you know, so you could fly a thing? Yeah. I you need the fucking aviation license. To fly those things? It depends on what state you're in. <laughs> Indiana's one of them. Even yeah, the little ones? You need a license to drive, too, but who the fuck takes that seriously? <laughs> right. <laughs> Plebs. Fucking dumb shit. Yeah, you need a license to fish. <laughs> you're just wasting $15. I've never been carded for fishing. <laughs> <laughs> what do I need a license to throw a hook in the water and not do anything with it, Mark? I've never caught a fish. That's... I caught like that size fish. It's impossible <laughs> to catch fish. It's impossible. <laughs> it's not real. People, no yeah. one has ever done. It. All right, so um, <laughs> it's not a real thing. Uh, the at the end of the session, um, everyone gets one automatic experience point, um, and we'll go around the room and we'll do some additional experience points based on based on the rules that they've given us in this V twenty guide. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Okay, so first and foremost, um, we have what's called the learning curve. Uh, Rachel, uh, what did you learn? What did your character learn in the course of uh, the night's events, would you say? Um, she learned that she's very uncomfortable with con- with confrontations. Okay. <laughs> Even the confrontation of others. <laughs> she kind of like closes in on herself. Okay. Um, that's not something that she really realized. Okay. Even though being around Anarchs for a long time uh, in Bruja, she's like, when she was closed in the van with them and they were fighting, she like realized for the first time how uncomfortable she feels when people yell. How do you think your daughter felt crying? It was really scary. Like, I didn't know how to comfort her. Yeah. yeah I didn't know. I felt uh, guilty, but also like... Like scared. I wasn't quite sure how that was going to play out because, like, we had talked about your character and your character's schizophrenia, and I was like, I'll, like, real slyly, like, I'll do, like, some of that, like, I'm a storyteller and, like, your child does this. And then she just started doing it. I was like, well, no, I'm not going to do that. No, 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 no. It's, it's not, no, no. It's like, I will never try to punish you for role playing. Like, you just, ro- I didn't get a chance. You just did it. And so I was like, well, she's doing it. Well, I'm going to let her do it then. I didn't know what your crazy was, and that, that was really fun trying to figure out as you went. But I think it would be more fun if you did it. I didn't even think to let you do it. Mm, that's okay. Maybe we'll jump back and forth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so take another XP. I'll give you that. Um, Mallory, what do you think your character learned tonight? <laughs> <laughs> like taking um, through the list of things. Yeah. Um, that is weird as 
Audrey is, um, and as sometimes frustrating as she can be, um, she apparently has some very functional contacts, and I need to bear that in mind. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I was like, like, she fucking made that role, and I was like, oh, you know, like, a lot about uh, Nagaraja, and surprisingly, you've gotten yourself both in and out of some very weird situations tonight, so. Yes. Yeah. And, and you got us in with Marcel, like, with no effort. Yeah. Like, I'm a good girl. All right. Uh, Chris? Uh... My character learned that when any real threat happens, which was like people are getting abducted, he actually legitimately cares about the people around him. Uh, as opposed to just kind of like, oh, these are people I hang out with, that's great, I'm going to go party, do these things. The moment it was like, people are getting taken, and they might be super cops. Uh, I need to do what I can to try to help. And so that's why I immediately went and did the ritual real fast. I was like, nope, whatever I can do, I care about these people more than I thought I did, and that's obnoxious. <laughs> Let's not get staked, at least. And then immediately followed that up by getting yelled at in the car for not actually being down, when it's like, that's what I've been doing. I've been protecting you <laughs> this whole time. All right, cool. Well, you'll uh, all of you will get uh, one for the learning curve, so keep that in mind. Um, the next one that they offer a suggestion for um, XP is for roleplay. Um, tonight was the first night everybody played their character, so it's literally the first time jumping in those character skins. And I got a very clear concept, uh, a very clear idea of each one of your characters and their individual personalities and their individual quirks. So everybody's going to get an XP for role-playing tonight because I feel like above and beyond what I would normally expect from people first starting off their characters, especially like... Um, with Rachel's character, like, I didn't really know what to expect, and it was very much like, you could tell the way she role-played, it really was like, people were like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, your, your character being like, like your, your character being sort of like the party boy, and like, you know, just kind of like flighty, and wanting to, like, do all the things, but then when you were confronted with, like, this bruja who was like, Hold the fucking door. Like we need, we need to have words. And, and and like how you got into that. Like to me, that's that's definitely indicative of next level role play. I would say that's that's not indicative of like beginner role play. You know, most people would have just been like, eh, whatever, and passed it off. You had such a clear understanding of your character's ideology and like what was acceptable and what wasn't, and confronting him like that was. As a storyteller, it was great, but it definitely gave that sensation that, like, one wrong word, and this could pop off, like, a frenzy is, like, a wrong word away. Okay. <laughs> she just broke the door. <laughs> let me, let me, let me articulate my feelings. And, and I really felt that that, that role play was very good. So. so she's like that. There are two more of her right there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. If I pop off, she pops off. <laughs> I could be real petty right now, but <laughs> my empathy three is telling me <laughs> not the wisest choice. Um, I will. I will. Don't uh, poke this fucking beehive. I will definitely grant all of you an additional XP for your role play. Um, I'm going to um, the that last was an one. X like another one. So, so this is four total. This is three. This is three. This is three. That's oh, what I thought. Sorry. Yeah, three. Okay. Sorry. This, this is so three. one for learning. One for. 
Roleplay, one for one roleplay, for... one for automatic. And automatic, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's um, and then um, the last one that they give is uh, sort of like a rarity, and it's for heroism. Um, and I really think that the only one that kind of really, like, like was heroic in a way was your character, Mallory. Um, because while, while you were definitely, like, in, it seemed like you kind of heard of this, and at first you were like, all right, we'll help out because, like, it's kind of our duty. But then you were like, I don't give a fuck. Like, we're just, we're doing this, period. And mm-hmm. I felt like that was very heroic of your character, that you were like, I don't care, you know, hell or high water. One of my boys is missing, mm-hmm. but also these other folks are. So we're going to do it. I don't care what the consequences are. And I really felt that that um, exemplified heroism. So could I get some feedback from you guys? Did I play her too, like, Oh, I'm crazy. No, no, okay. absolutely. I, I not. didn't. I didn't think so. Because my my intention, I think, when I built her, was to be like very serious and like depressed or whatever. But I'm like, I can't maintain that. Well, <laughs> so so the thing of it was for me, and I can't speak for anybody else, but just like the impressions I got. There's a thing that happens when you're around someone who's like very mentally ill, where they communicate in such a way that it's just not on the same wavelength as someone who doesn't suffer from that illness and portraying like quote unquote normal characters in the world of darkness you know you your your tempo is off like your drums are beating in a different way and so i'm i'm like the bartender or i'm the guy behind the merch counter and i'm like i want this crazy such and such like get the fuck away right and so as a storyteller that's the feeling that i got and so, to me, um, I'm no expert on mental illness at all, but, like, I felt like m- these characters would have felt, like, Shh, okay, there's something going on with her, and I just, I'm better off just ignoring her and letting her go away than, like, trying to cause trouble. So, I, I don't think you did a poor job, but again... Um, Let's consult our expert on mental illness. Mm, uh, I have complicated feelings about McCavians in general, only because I think that often it is played in that, like, mental illness is funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. That's that's the same um, issue that I have. Yeah, and uh, it's not. Right. Um, I I think the actually my second problem with Malkavians is I think they made a mistake when they used like actual diagnosable conditions. Yeah. Um, like because unless you have those things, you you have no understanding yeah. of like, what it is to yeah. to experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so and in the same way that I think like. It would be very different, dif- difficult for a cis person to play a trans person without like caricature. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. because you're using things that exist in reality that you yeah. don't have a full understanding of and can't right. like caricature right. is really easy. Right. So I I kind of like, but what I do like what you did in that it was there was this like balance of functional and non-functional, and the functional was consistent. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And or sorry, the non-fun. What was non-functional was consistent. I guess that's a better mm-hmm. way to put it. Like so, like there was this theme of like cleaning. Like I could see what you were getting at. Like yeah. this theme of like cleaning supplies and wastefulness and a little bit like obsessiveness and like mm-hmm. you know there there was the non-functional wasn't just to be random and non-functional. Right. Like right. It, it 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 was clear you had some sort of reason or purpose for the things that you were doing, okay. and then you intersperse that with enough functionality because that's the thing I think we'll miss about Malkavians is Malkavians are supposed to be crazy 
but like insightful crazy. Right. So right? so like, how how Malkavians run in my head and and not necessarily in the game as a whole, but how I've always interpreted mm-hmm. them is um, your derangements are kind of like how whatever's communicating mm-hmm. with you sort of warps you, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, like, I, I wouldn't be like, oh, you know, you have, like, a clinical schizophrenia, go right. talk to a doctor. Like, <laughs> like it manifests, like, in, like s- sort of a version of that. But, right. like, it's not that it being embraced drives them insane. To me, there's something in the Malkavian clan that, like, is trying to send them a message. It's trying to tell them things. Mm-hmm. And their brain is trying to interpret mm-hmm. them. And that's what really twists them. And so, like, they are seers. They are, mm-hmm. like, you know, able to to interpret signs because they're being sent a fucking message. And their brain just can't. It's, right. it's too advanced. Yeah. So, like, my character concept was a woman who was suffering from, like, postpartum depression mm-hmm. after she had a stillbirth. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, at a support group. And she lived in Milwaukee. And then... Like, like she kind of like got, like picked out of the crowd by a Malkavian, mm-hmm. and then was embraced. And then so like, her derangement, I guess, is like schizophrenia. But it's like she sees her child that died at birth, and the child ages with her as she ages. So it's like she's been a vampire for about ten years. So off and on, she'll see like a ten-year-old girl, mm-hmm. and like. The girl will tell her things or give her messages or just talk to her like a child would. Um, so I think in gameplay, it would be more fun if, like, I didn't see her all the time and you had control mm-hmm. over her and she's, like, an NPC. Mm-hmm. And maybe she could be, like, whatever this kind of, you know, other thing mm-hmm. is out there that Malkavians are. Yeah, I thought it was really cool is the social awkwardness that your character has. That's not her crazy. Like, right. it's just, it comes from it. And it was really neat. And I, well, the reason why I laughed so hard is because I know a friend that's exactly <laughs> like that character. And I was like, oh, God, it's just seeing this. This is amazing. And that, that is what's funny. It wasn't the matter of your character has a range, but that's not funny. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It was, it was um, yeah, for me, too, it was very reminiscent of, like, growing up in a town where, like, people didn't have a lot of money and, like, mental mentally ill people mm-hmm. just sort of, like, we're around. Yeah, and right. and you kind of like had to learn to develop ways of interacting with them. Yeah, um, because again, like they just didn't they just didn't communicate in the same way. Well, I'm kind of glad. I'm glad that it that I didn't intend this, but it's kind of interesting and I guess in a way nice to hear that you were like the NPCs or whoever else was kind of like, oh, I just want to like not be around that. Because, like, straight up, like, I was riding the bus a few weeks ago, and there was a guy sitting across the way, and I'm not sure what was going on. I don't know if he was, like, very autistic or if he had something going on, but he was, like, reciting to himself, like, dates and presidents' names, Mm. and, like, over and over again, and it was, like, disturbing. Mm -hmm. Because, and it was, like, a younger guy... Um, and he was just, like, saying, like, Washington, 17-something-something. Something. And then he would say, like, the next president. And he kept, like, repeating it over and over again. And I'm like, it's almost comical because it seems like a caricature of, like, something you would see, like, a quote-unquote crazy person mm-hmm. do. But clearly there was something else going on. And, like, I that was my natural reaction. Was like, I'm just going to, like, not be close to that person because 
what they're doing is a little aberrant in their behavior, and I don't want to like you know set yeah. them off. And I, it's just it's, it's it's disconcerting, but I, also you feel bad for them, right? I think that uh, I think that you did a pretty good job playing your Machiavellian, and I, I don't personally have a problem with it, but um, yeah, I just don't want it to be like offensive. I don't no. too silly. So I I don't think it was so as someone who gets gets offended on behalf of people who aren't here to get offended. I, I don't think it was offended offensive at all. Okay. Um, I thought you did a nice job of being a person, yeah, you know, <laughs> right. who um, who has this thing going on, mm-hmm. and and I think also like the not random for random sake, yeah. right? Like the weirdness or the that like what the fuck, you know? Okay, okay, Audrey, whatever. Yeah. What was clearly for like things that made sense? Like you had clearly had a reason. Mm-hmm out of character that you were making those decisions in character, okay. you know. Yeah. So. Well, so that brings me to the most important question. Did everybody have fun? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy? Mm-hmm. You yeah. kind of have that little awkwardness of, you know, first time jumping into a new character and yeah. trying to yeah, figure like, it out. Trust me, yeah, where I, you going? I feel you like, for me, too. I'm like, all right, this is like... Live. This yeah. is live. This yeah. is like yeah. how you do it, yeah. right? You can't so, type and go, oh, that, that doesn't sound right. Like, because, right. like, it doesn't really matter, like... If I do it on Discord over voice, I still have the barrier of computer screen. Mm-hmm. So I can just be like, I can mute myself and be like, oh, this is running off the fucking rails. Like, <laughs> this is a shit show. But this is this is live, and I can I look at facial features and, you know, you know, try to gauge, like, are these people bored? Are they fucking, like, are they like, oh, my God, I saw that coming a mile away? You know, so, you know, I was actually a little nervous because it's been so long since I've done this at a tabletop. It's actually been longer than a year. Since I've done it at a tabletop, but I will say this is the first tabletop game I've played since I started doing LARP. So my first ever vampire experience was tabletop, and I didn't, didn't know shit about World of Darkness. I played like a D and D game, and that was my experience. So everything was new and fresh, and I didn't know anything. And it was all crazy Wonderland. And now that I've been playing uh, Obi One for like I don't know three or four years now, I know things. And so when that thing came up, I'm like, this is probably not Raja, but I still am ignorant enough. I'm like, there might be something else it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting kind of knowing some out-of-character stuff now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it's yeah. a di- different experience that way. Well, good. And I would say um, for all of you guys and your characters, you know, if you if you have something that you want to explore with your character, you know, you sit down and you go, well, you know, my character would want to do this tonight. My character would want to contact their old fling or they'd want to, you know, work on this. Let me know because we'll focus on that. You know, I'm I'm very I'm very willing to go. All right, so for ten minutes we're gonna work on Mallory's thing, and then you know, meanwhile back at the ranch, you guys are doing this. So I'm I'm very cool with doing that. And there's so much that you can explore with these characters Mm -hmm. because they're so multifaceted. Don't think you just have to go. Well, let's go find the hospital and let's go kill the the baddie. Uh, My guy. uh, Elliot's totally gonna hook up with that door guard because I also need to feed because I've done a couple rituals. Um. You know, I think that's one of the benefits of tabletop as compared to LARP. It is a lot easier to sort of have multi-scenes happening mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> and I think, like, when you have an individual one-on-one scene with a player at a LARP, you're basically just playing tabletop anyways. Right. It's just like, let's have a quick 10-minute tabletop session. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because, like, LARP, it's just like, I'm the character, and now I'm going to go over here and look cool. And then I'm going to go over there and look cool. And maybe there'll be, like, one really big engaging scene throughout the night. But mm-hmm. this is like... Okay, you put your shoes on. Do you time weird? Yeah, right. You know, you can get really... How do you feel as a storyteller? Was the pacing okay? Did we accomplish everything you kind of wanted us to accomplish tonight? Did you feel like you had to... Yeah, well, so, so, no, I mean, 
I did like you know as a storyteller um, it really comes down to like all right you've given you've given some ideas now how do they work with it and if you're like well you know if you get the impression like I'm not sure where to go from here like it does behoove me to go okay well then something additional happens right Mm -hmm. or like you'll see this person so like when you guys you know like when you um, like went to the club um, that's not necessarily how I had anticipated things happening. It's just that was now the catalyst mm-hmm. for yeah. Mama Polari yeah. to come and give you this. You know, if you had, if you had been like, oh, where the hell did where 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 the hell did Shorty go? Yeah, and like then it would have went off, and maybe you would have ended up at Mama Polari's club. Mm-hmm. You know, right? And yeah. that's that's maybe how it would have rolled out. But instead, it rolled out the other way, and so I got to like start a couple of different paths. You know, and go from there. I so. just started running a D and D game. I had the very same thing because now I was playing it, and I was like, "Great, got this whole first little intro story set up. It's going to happen right at the place where they start. It'll be great." And then the first thing that is like in the like intro session to where I was just introducing their characters, like, "We're going to leave that town." It's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I can use those same threads, but now I plug them in here and I plug them in here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really just it comes down to like how you utilize what your players decide. Like for me. Um, you know, I, I wanna I wanna like have a what's that? I don't know. A cat. Right. I don't know. This don't fucking know house makes all kinds of weird noises and shit. <laughs> Maybe um, your stomach was making yeah, noises. I don't think it was me. Maybe I didn't feel anything. <laughs> um but but for me, like as a storyteller, I, I definitely I like it when players go, I'm just gonna go off and do my own thing over here because like um, I have all kinds of story, but it's not imperative that I tell those because I can like plug them in really kind of like anywhere throughout mm-hmm. the night. Um, but you know, when the players are like, ah, we're, we're just like, we're not going to do anything. We're just like, don't do anything. And you're like, okay, well, you need to do something because otherwise I have to drive a car through your window. Like, you know, <laughs> which I, I, you know, for me, I just want to make sure everybody's having fun and also, you know, that I'm not sort of like plot hammering them into things. Yeah. You know, so I, I guess I kind of like tailor the clues when people seem like they're not quite sure what's happening, then they'll find the right person to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and I believe a lot of that pacing will kind of hit its stride once we all kind of understand who our characters are and how they interact with each mm-hmm. other. And mm-hmm. I think good. some too is like how for me, like rehashing some of the history, so like I could make sure I understand. Like, okay, this would be the expectation. Okay. Yeah. Like. So yeah. Like putting that together. So that was the only thing I feel like sometimes like slowed me down. And, but that and was just re-clarifying. Definitely. Whatever. Anytime, anytime you have questions like that, please don't hesitate to ask because, you know, if you look at that bookshelf, that's a very modest collection of White Wolf material. Um, <laughs> so there's all of that. And then, you know, I, I, I went and just got like seven books just to make sure I had you know, the bare bones, what I needed for the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's only a, seven. Yeah, books. only seven books. No big deal. So, yeah, there's a lot of shit to know. So, yeah, it, I, I'm having kind of the same issue you are with trying to put yourself in the mind of someone with a mental illness mm. that uh, you're not aware of because, like, I'm an asexual dude. And so, playing anybody who, like, okay. leans on their sexuality to get shit done, mm. completely out of my brain. So, I feel awkward every time. So, Elliot's going to be a very new experience for me. Um, but that's why I decided to play him. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, until uh, until the next game, and um, I love you. Duh. Yeah. Yeah.
Thank you to everyone who listened to our first three episodes of New Moon Rising. They were comprised of one game session, and our next episode will be part of our second game session. So thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope that the sound issues weren't too terribly distracting, but we will be back and hopefully sounding better with our next episode in two weeks. So thank you. We hope you found this episode adequate and hope you enjoyed the story and where it seems to be leading. Thank you.